Hey everybody, welcome to Life Awakening. As always, I'm your host, Coach Kelly Tammy, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. And today is Wednesday. This is day number five of our bonus seven-day podcast blast leading up to the launch of my book on 4th of July. Dear victim, it's time for us to break up now. I am so freaking excited. If you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast, I encourage you to go listen to it right now and then come back to this one. (laughs) Because yesterday I announced the big trip giveaway that I am going to be doing when when we hit bestseller. Bestseller is the goal and I am super freaking excited to tell you that we're going to Vegas, baby. Harris, four days and three nights. So if you want all the details and you want to know more and want to know how that you can get entered into that contest, go back and listen to the previous podcast and it will give you all of the deets. So today's podcast, as promised, I am going to be reading another chapter from my book, which I am super freaking excited to read. I'm reading chapter number seven and it's called My Best Life Starts Now. This is where I became a life coach. This is where I manifested my Norway trip. This is also where I scattered my mom's ashes and I really just changed my whole perspective on life. I set myself free. I set my mom free. I set my family free. And not only did I did that, I I set everybody on that mountain free because everybody had something or someone that they were letting go of. They had something that they needed to be set free of. And it's just a beautiful story, part of my story, and I want to share all of that with you guys right now. So we're going to take a minute and we're going to listen to my sponsors for today because they are the bomb.com. Again, I want to welcome all of my new listeners, no matter what platform you're coming from. I appreciate you. I hope that you're enjoying all of this extra content this week. And we will be right back with My Best Life Starts Now. Chapter seven, My Best Life Starts Now. After 2017 ended up being such a tremendous year with so many achievements under my belt, I finally felt happy, accomplished, excited, and maybe even a little relieved. I had a lot on my plate and I silently wondered if I could do it all. There were times I had a lot of self-doubts that tried to creep in with whispering thoughts in the back of my mind, but I quickly dismissed them so they could not gain any momentum. I refused to let any negative thoughts, beliefs, or doubts take root and derail any of the plans that I had laid out. If there is one thing that is not a part of my DNA, it's quitting anything. I had never been good at quitting or losing for that matter. I guess it's the athlete in me. Given the way my life started off, I sometimes wondered how I was able to have so much determination and a will to succeed at something once I made the decision to do it. I attribute the majority of that to playing team sports. We were taught from day one on the field that you never give up. You never quit unless you physically just can't go on anymore. I carry that you never quit attitude into other areas of my life, I guess. I believe it was Steve Jobs who once said, you can't connect the docs looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. I would have to be 100% in agreement with that statement. When we look forward to the things that we want to do, we call it a dream or a goal. Some hope that they make it happen. Some of us know we will make it happen, even if there's a someday attached to it. Then there are times, even though we think we know the how it is going to happen, when it finally comes about, the path we took to get there looks absolutely nothing like what we thought it would when we began the journey toward that goal. It's not until we look back when we first laid out the plans where we can see clearly the path we chose, what we could have done better, or even what we didn't do so well. All of those things become lessons in what we do or not with the next set of goals we set out to accomplish. As I said in an earlier chapter, becoming a certified life coach was my next big step. I had been coaching friends unofficially for about three years. At the time, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I just knew that I had a gift for helping people, so I did. I started doing searches for life coaching companies to see what all it was going to be involved in the process and the financial investment it would take to accomplish it. I actually checked into the Tony Robbins course first because he was someone that I admired in the field. This was in 2012 when I was living in my apartment in Smyrna. It was close to $5,000 or maybe even a little more if my memory serves me correctly. I could barely pay my bills and rent was past due and there was no way me taking his course was even a slight possibility. So I just dismissed the idea altogether, believing it was probably just a pipe dream that would never happen anyway, until now. There were so many life coaching companies out there. I know I spent several days, maybe even weeks, just to get some ideas about which way I wanted to go. 
the last week of December 2017, I was checking my email and came across an email from a company called Best Life Creation Society offering a level one coaching certification. I opened it up and I read the email from Sue Adams. She was running an end of year special for $99, regularly $4.95. I was like, sold! <laughs> I sent her an email immediately to verify what the email said was correct. She sent me a PayPal invoice and it was a done deal. Starting January 16th, 2017, I was embarking on my journey to become a certified life coach. Woo -woo. To be perfectly honest, I had no idea whatsoever how Sue or Best Life ended up in my inbox. I just assumed they were one of the many companies I ran across during my searches. I didn't have anything else from them in any of the information that I had saved, even though I looked trying to figure it all out. But at the moment, I didn't care how they made their way into my inbox, and I was just super excited that they did. When I share this part of my story, me and Jen, the owner and CEO of Best Life, laugh and say, we don't care how it happened. We just believe it was divine guidance and we were both thankful that it happened the way that it did. My friends, family, coworkers, and clients were all super excited for me as well. They all agreed with Teresa. This was a perfect path for me. It went hand in hand with what I was already doing and they could see the potential with that in my toolbox to be able to help more people. The 16th of January came up quickly. I had ordered the books that were required for the course and was super excited to get started. I wasn't really sure what to expect. The entire class was done via teleconference calls, which is a new way for me to take classes. There were people from all over the world on the call. We had the United States, Canada, Amsterdam, Holland, and Norway there. I was super impressed right away. I got on the call early, partly out of excitement and partly because I didn't want to be late. Sue, the instructor, was already on the call waiting for her new students to jump on. I enjoyed getting to chat with her for a few minutes before everyone else joined. She gave us a quick rundown of how the class would work and then paired us up with peer partners. We each had two people who were coaching us and two different people we would be coaching. I really loved the hands-on experience I got throughout taking the course. Sue was absolutely amazing at reading people and helping us look at situations from different perspectives. She was and is a truly gifted instructor. We learned how to muscle test and how to do this really cool breathing technique called the freedom release method. I didn't realize this right away, but this was and is an amazing tool that would change my life quickly and dramatically. There was so much info to take in, but she made us feel like we could do anything. As we were going through the various coaching assignments with our partners, I was receiving lots of great feedback from both those who were coaching me and those who I coached. They had asked me how long I had been a life coach before choosing to get certified. When I said I wasn't certified, they were shocked. I explained about my personal training background and how it really incorporates a good bit of life coaching to a certain degree because you have to help people push through their mental and emotional blocks to help them reach their health and fitness goals. After finishing the course, we were required to do a certain number of practice coaching sessions and turn in our information and get our official certification. I think one of the biggest confirmations that I was on the right track was when I did a session with the general manager at my gym, Deanna. She was so sweet and I loved her so very much. She was young but passionate about helping people. She was excited for me even though she really wasn't sure what life coaching was. I convinced her to be one of my practice sessions and took her to lunch to do a dream building exercise. She said, I don't know what that is, but you said lunch at Grubburger, so I'm in. <laughs> Grubburger on Briarcliff Road in Atlanta is one of the most awesome places to eat and was my favorite. We went to lunch and sat at the bar so we could get full service and I started explaining what we were about to do. The look on her face let me know that she still wasn't sure what all of this was about, but she was willing to do it to help me get my certification. The first thing we did was a wheel of life exercise. This is to see what the areas were that were her biggest priority. As we went through the exercises, I saw she was completely unaware of how unbalanced her life had become. I knew she really wasn't happy at the gym anymore and I wasn't sure I could help her, but I knew that I could at least open her eyes and give her a better view of where she was in order to help her make a better informed choice from that point forward about where she wanted to go. After we finished that exercise, we went on to dream building. I took out another sheet of paper and had her write at the top of it. If money were no object and you knew you couldn't fail, what would I want, be, do, or have? I had her number the paper from one to 20. I let her take, out, take about five minutes to think and write down a minimum of 10 to 20 items that she would like to get, things she would like to do, and or places she would like to go if money were no object and she knew she couldn't fail. I saw she was having a really hard time and almost looked distressed that nothing was coming to mind. 
As Deanna was trying to think of things, she was drawing blanks. So I started prompting her to help get her started. What about a new car? I know your last car just died. Is there anywhere you want to travel? Would you want to do something special with your family? That is when she started thinking outside the box. I just had to remind her money is no object and you can't fail. What do you want? She sat there for a minute looking at the paper. I said to her gently, you've forgotten how to dream, baby girl. Open up your mind and your heart and see where it leads you. When she finished the exercise, she hugged my neck and thanked me for helping her to open her eyes. Less than three weeks later, she pulled me to the side and told me she was leaving. She had turned in her notice and was excited about what had happened. She said, I want to thank you for helping me. Oh, I'm going to cry. I want to thank you for helping me to see I had quit dreaming. I got a job at Brain Balance helping children with autism and other learning disabilities. Plus, I have another part-time job at a pediatric office. It's always been my dream to work in occupational therapy and to help children. Until you did those exercises with me, I didn't see a way I could make it happen. Thank you so much. Please don't stop doing what you're doing. People need you in their life. I hugged her neck with tears in my eyes and laughingly said, there is no crying in the gym. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. I know you're going to be awesome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to work with you and the confirmation that I made the right decision in becoming a life coach. It was then that I knew deep inside my life was about to change again. I didn't know how or when, I just knew that things were going to be different and better than I could ever imagine. I want to step away from the story for just a minute to dig into this dream building exercise with you and give you some reasons I believe the majority of us as humans have given up on our dreams. If you have never done anything like this before, I would encourage you to take a few minutes and do this for yourself. Grab a blue pen and a white piece of paper and follow the instructions as I laid them out with Iana. It may take you a few minutes to come up with just a couple of things on your list, and that's okay. Take a breath and really let your mind wander. It could be a new car, a new house, pay off your debt, take your family on a cruise, pay off your parents' house, pay off school loans, start a nonprofit, travel to exotic locations, just to name a few. The reason this feels so uncomfortable or may even hard for you is because your dreams were stifled as a child when you were still in school. Think about the reality of that for just a minute. When we were in elementary school, our teachers always encouraged our dreams. They would have us write about what we wanted to be when we grew up. Then we get to middle school where all of the brainwashing begins. Teachers began to tell us, no, it's time to be realistic. No more pipe dreams. You have to get a real job so you can pay the bills and take care of your family when you have one. High school gets here and they're pushing a career or job field on you based on their opinion of what they think you should become. They base it off your grades and label us successful or no hope of being successful. We can tell exactly what they think when the full court press comes from them to either go to college, go to a trade school, or they push us toward a local store in town. Then they even get our parents on board with their opinion of who they think we can be. Sometimes it starts with the parents who push us toward certain careers or jobs. In their minds, they want us to turn out better than they did, so they think they know what's best for us. Again, they don't ask us, what makes you happy? What, may, what do you want to do when you get out of school? Does any of that sound familiar? They mean well, and I believe that they have the best intentions when they do this, not realizing that they are limiting our possibilities of doing great things with our lives because they have now taken away any belief we may have had in ourselves to make our dreams a reality, all because we see them as an authority figure and we trust them. If they say this is what we should do, well then, that's as good as it gets and our dreams die in that moment. I'm a life coach, y'all. I did it. <laughs> I completed all of the requirements and was now officially a certified life coach with Best Life Creation Society. At the time I finished, I had not yet made the decision to become a member. I wasn't sure if I wanted to join the company or not. They explained how they were a personal development company with a focus on life coaching. The classes were held daily so I could continue my training to help me grow personally and as a life coach. They would also teach me how to build and grow my life coaching business. That was what got my attention, learning more about the business and how to build it. I knew I was good already, but I had no clue how to market myself, where or how to find clients, or how or what to charge for my services. After I went over all of the questions swimming around in my head, it just made sense to join the company for those reasons alone. If I got anything else out of the company, then it would be an added bonus as far as I was concerned. I knew it was way more affordable than any of the other companies I had looked into. And for the value I would be getting in return, it was a win in my book. 
I joined March 5th of 2017. All of the classes were just like the level one class as in they were all on a teleconference line. I really liked the interaction with the other people on the call, being able to ask questions in whatever class I was in. I was a sponge for everything they were teaching and I was taking every class I could possibly be on. Plus, I was still running a full-time personal training business at the gym. I knew what I wanted. I wanted to be a full-time life coach at some point. So I took notes, I asked questions, read books after, read book after book, picked up pro bono clients to hone in on my skills to see where my niche was going to be. I was excelling quickly and was getting recognized in the company regularly for my wins. At the time, we had a class called the City Leader Program. I didn't know what that meant, but it had the word leader in it, so I was on that call. It's now called the Ambassador Program. This is where members of the company held small groups to introduce Best Life to new people. I saw it as an opportunity to one, work on my public speaking skills, and two, an avenue to get new clients. Then a couple of days later, when the class schedule came out for that day, there was a class listed on as leadership call. I quickly sent Jen, the, C the owner and CEO of Best Life, and asked her for the call-in number to the leadership call. She texts me back, oh, I'm sorry, it's by invitation only. Before I could reply, I got a second text. Wait, you would be perfect for our leadership team. Here's the number. See you at 1 p.m. Boom, I was in. I had no idea what it meant. I just saw the word leader and I knew I had to be on that call, period. Jen and I laughed all the time about how I finagled my way onto the leadership team. It was around this time, Sue, the level one instructor, had another class coming out called Releasing Past Traumas. I wasn't sure what I was in for when I signed up for that class, but I knew my past trauma still needed some work. As much as I tried to put up a front like I had healed from all of that, I knew deep down inside there was still something hiding and I needed and wanted to get rid of it forever. I wanted to finally step into who I was meant to be. So I put on my big girl panties and showed up to be shaken to my core. I had missed the first class because I had to work, so Sue sent me the recording so I could listen to the class and do the homework prior to the next class. When I tell you my heart and soul was put in a blender, that is the biggest understatement of the year. We had to list all of the traumas in our life, no matter how big or small we thought they were. Then write down the emotions we felt at the time the trauma happened, as well as how we felt about it at that moment in time. Then we were instructed to muscle test each trauma and the feelings we had written down, past and present. Anything that tested as weak we were to use the freedom release method to release what we found. I jumped on the next call early as usual. I wanted to chat with Sue before everyone got on. I told her what I had found and what I had trouble with from the previous class. She said we would address it in the class when we went over the homework and she would work with me then. There were a couple of things that came up which were easier to release than what I thought they should have been. I told her what they were and we changed the wording and boom, there it was, singing loud and clear. The second week was clearing traumas around pets that we had lost throughout our life. I want to share this part of my story because this was one of the biggest breakthroughs I had at the beginning of my career as a life coach and how it helped me, number one, to be a better me as a person and to heal me more completely. Number two, how it has helped me become the best coach that I can be to help the people I am blessed with the honor to coach. The structure was the same. List the pets with events, plus the then and now emotions and feelings about those events. Then go through the releases, and this is where I realized I had so much more healing to go through. I recalled being 15 or 16 years old. I had just gotten a new puppy named Ziggy. He was a beautiful little snowball Eskimo Spitz. I went to school as usual that morning after I fed and played with him for a few minutes while waiting on the bus. That afternoon, when I got off the bus, Mom's car was gone. I saw Ziggy lying down over by the tree where mom always parked her car. Called out to him, but he didn't move, which was super unusual. Normally, he always ran up to me as soon as he heard the bus pull up to the house. I walked over to, get to pet him, and he still didn't move. I reached down to pick him up, and he was stiff as a board. That's when I realized he was dead. It looked like he had been run over by a car. He was probably asleep under the car or something, and she didn't see him when she left. She came home, and I was sitting under the tree in the driveway, holding him and crying. She got out of the car and asked me what was wrong. And I was so hurt and angry. I just screamed at her, you killed my dog. You ran over him with the car and you killed him. She just looked at me in disbelief and she said, it's just a damn dog, Tammy, for God's sake. You will be okay. You didn't need it anyway. And she went in the house and she slammed the door. While we were doing the pet exercise, I wrote down the word nothing for my now emotion because honestly, I didn't feel anything at all about the event now. There was nothing that I could do to change it, and I had not even thought about it in years, so to me, 
It was really not any point in focusing on it any further. When I tried to clear it though, I went through the releases four or five times and it was still weak. Sue said, has something to do with your mom. We can talk about it after class if you have time. I replied, I have a whole laundry list of things about my mom. We could be on the phone all night if you get started on her. <laughs> and I tried to laugh it off in my mind and my heart. I knew I was going to take whatever time Sue would give me because I wanted it to go away. After the class was over, Sue turned off the recording, waited until everyone else hung up and then asked, can you tell me more about what's going on with you and your mom? I'm not trying to be nosy, but I need a little more information so I can help you finish releasing this trauma. I told her how it all happened, as well as the childhood sexual abuse with my mom and my biological father. Sue thanked me for being so open and asked if I was willing to do a couple of releases with her. She said she believed we could get to the bottom of it and it would probably even help me sleep better at night. I was all in. The first thing she cleared was, you should have protected me. That one brought on instant tears, followed up by, why didn't you protect me? You should, you should have protected my dog, plus a couple of others I don't really remember, but they were all along the same lines. When we were done, she asked me how I was feeling, and although I had tears streaming down my face, I felt lighter than I had felt in a really long time. She finished the call by giving me a couple of follow-up steps to do. She was right. I did sleep better that night. Better than I had slept in a really long time. Sue is truly amazing. I have taken this class two more times and each time it's like a layer of an onion as I always feel like a brand new person when I'm through. I had been involved in personal development since 2012 after I became a personal trainer, but this was very different for me. The energy from being on the live calls was phenomenal. I was learning so much at such a high rate of speed that I felt absolutely amazing. The more my underlying negative thoughts, feelings, and beliefs I released and replaced with positive, forward-thinking beliefs, the stronger I got emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I knew this company was the place I was supposed to be. Every class I could fit into my schedule, I was taking it. I didn't care that my free time was minimal. All I knew was I was learning all I could learn, and it would make me a better life coach and a better me. That is where it all started for me as a life coach. Manifesting Norway. As we were heading into June in the summer season at the gym, graduations and vacation time made the gym a little slower than usual. I went on an amazing trip to Florida with my AdvoCare team, which also served as a much needed vacation. While I was there, I got to teach my first ever class with Best Life on what is edification. I drove down to the beach and checked into the condo. I was the first one there, so it was nice and quiet, which was perfect for teaching the class. I was very nervous, but I was able to calm my nerves and lean into the information. There were a lot of people who jumped on the class that Friday afternoon, and it turned out amazing. I really felt like I knocked it out of the park. The owner, Jen, sent me rapid-fire text with emojis and hearts and love about how, some, how awesome it was. I knew if Jen liked it, then I would definitely get the opportunity to be able to teach again. As the amazing weekend in Florida was coming to an end, I got up early to catch the sunrise on the beach and go get some meditation and writing in my journal before heading back home. I was taking the time to look back at my amazing life and all of the lessons that had turned into blessings. I thought about those things that tried to crush me but only made me stronger. I felt something shift so strongly in my spirit. I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I knew something brand new was headed my way and it was something big. I didn't focus on it too much because I knew God only gives me the information when I'm ready for it, but he was definitely nudging me to let me know that there was a path being laid out for me to travel soon. As I was driving back home, I was flying high on life. I had the windows down, radio up, and I sang at the top of my lungs. I was taking it all in and enjoying life as it came every day. It was a good place to be for me after spending so many years dreading the upcoming day. I never took the time to enjoy the little moments life gives us each day. Jason had recently, in February, moved to Puerto Rico. We had a lot of phone calls as of late. I thought about how anytime I have been on the road, he has always been very present during my trip, which has always made me feel safe. Growing up, feeling safe was never a part of the equation. So to have that now meant a lot and gave me a new perspective on life where I was and where I was creating the opportunity to go. A couple of weeks after my trip, I was on a Best Life Leadership team call when I heard them announce the next retreat was going to be in Norway. They wanted all of the leaders to be there if they could, so they were announcing it early so everyone could have an opportunity to schedule off work and get the money together to make it happen. I was excited on the outside, but logically, in my heart, I honestly didn't think I would be able to make this trip happen. I had my passport, but financially, Without even looking at anything, I knew I wouldn't be able to go. 
Then I felt a little nudge again, like, what is that? I looked up and found myself asking, what are you trying to tell me? I had made a lot of friends in Best Life. It has always been such a warm, open, loving environment, which made it easy for me to participate regularly. I was talking to one of the members, Vanna, pretty regularly. She was quickly becoming my best friend because she was so warm and always giving her time and help when I needed it. I just loved talking to her any chance I got the opportunity to do so. She called me a few days after the announcement about the Norway Leadership Retreat asking if I planned on attending. I confided that although the hotel seemed reasonable, the flight was just out of my budget. She reminded me that some of the members were having great luck with a particular website and finding better flight prices. Together we decided to go to the site right then and see what was there as she hadn't booked her tickets yet either. Then I had the thought that maybe buying one-way tickets to break up the flights would be more affordable than one round-trip ticket. We spent nearly three hours on the phone looking at flights, hotels, different sites, and everything. After we spent some time digging and finding routes the airlines took out of Atlanta to go to Europe, I found super cheap flights from Atlanta to Boston, Boston to Iceland, where I would do an overnight and share a room with Vanna and Doug to save costs. From there, we would fly to Oslo, Norway, rent a car, and drive the rest of the way up to Lewin, where the retreat was being held. When I totaled up just the flights alone, I could do all of the flights there and back for a total of $567 plus bag fees. That is when I started believing that there might be a real possibility that I could make this trip happen. The hotel was around $500 US dollars, so I was looking at probably $1,500 to $2,000 round trip for everything. This was the beginning of June and I had until the second week in August to have everything booked. The only other additional expense was the Spartan race coming up in July right before the trip. I had listened to some audios and watched some video sessions about the law of attraction and how it worked. Seemed fairly straightforward and simple. I had started working with it a little bit before mom passed, but not enough to really say I knew what it was or how it worked. It was time for me to see if it was real or fake because my belief that I could really get all the money together during the summer season at the gym and no paying life coaching clients was super slim. When I looked at how my life was working, I realized anytime I really wanted something, I was always able to get it or do it. The money always just seemed to show up right on time. So that's what I was going to focus on, Norway. I really wanted to go on that trip. So I was going to give this my best effort to try and make it happen. In my mind, there was really no trying. There was only do or do not, according to Yoda. There was a lot I didn't understand, but the one thing I knew was the intensity of my emotion, coupled with desire, was a powerful engine to get what I wanted from the universe. I had the intensity of emotion just waking up and breathing every day. Now it was time to put some laser focus on the trip to Norway and let's see what happens. I started telling everyone I was going to Norway. I didn't know how I was going to make the trip happen. I just knew there was no way in hell I wasn't going to miss out on the opportunity on this trip. It would be my first time out of the country and during my birthday month too, I was turning 50 and I couldn't think of a better birthday gift to give myself. A trip to Norway with a stop in Iceland to go to the Blue Lagoon? I started hustling harder at the gym and picked up a couple more clients. Then I got my first paying life coaching client. That in itself was amazing and I was so stoked. Then one of my other clients, Evan, during the morning workout handed me $700 to go towards my trip. My eyes welled up with tears and I hugged his neck and thanked him. I couldn't believe his generosity. I thanked and hugged him again. He told me I deserved it and hoped that I had a great time. People never cease to amaze me and Evan's generous gift covered the cost of my flights. I was going to Norway. All I had left to do was get the money for the room, spending money, and my life was about to be even more off the chain. Remember your promise. I had originally planned to go to Costa Rica for my 50th birthday, but I felt like Norway was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It was a leadership retreat, a tax deduction. I got to go out of the country for the first time ever, and I even got an overnight in Iceland with a visit to the Blue Lagoon. I can tell you I am not a fan of cold weather or snow, so Iceland was never on my bucket list. But about four or five months prior, I had seen some videos of the Blue Lagoon, which quick moved it to my bucket list. At the time I saw those videos, I didn't even look to see where in the world it was located. I just knew that I wanted to go there someday. I was talking to Teresa after I had booked my flights and told her about the Blue Lagoon. She said, you, Tammy Loftus, the one who hates cold and snow, are going to Iceland? Really? Where's my friend and what did you do with her? LOL. <laughs> it wasn't until that conversation when I remembered the Blue Lagoon videos and the light bulb went off and I told her, I manifested this trip. The stop in Iceland and to the Blue Lagoon, I did that. 
I was practically screaming in the phone. She was totally taken off guard. I had to slow down and backtrack and explain what I was so excited about. It was the first real tangible proof that I had been manifesting without knowing that was what I was doing. My next thought was, how do I make this more intentional? How do I do it quicker? What is the key I am missing? My brain was in a spin and I had to know more. I was doing more releases to make sure I had no blocks and I was reading more, watching more videos, taking notes, meditating, affirmations, all of it. I knew I, had, I was still manifesting some things, but I wasn't consistent and I wanted to start making it happen. In July, I started having these weird feelings, super emotional for no reason at all and waking up in the middle of the night with no explanation. I couldn't figure it out. I had been in a good mood all morning, but as soon as I walked through my door, it was instantly angry, like almost in a rage it was so intense. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I called Teresa and she couldn't talk. I called Vanna and told her what was going on and I didn't know what was causing it. I went into the bedroom to get the phone charger before my phone died and all of a sudden I felt like I got hit with this wall of anger and the word mom flashed in my head in big red letters. It was the first time I had ever experienced that type of negative energy in such a vivid way while I was still wide awake. I told Vanna what had just happened. I knew mom's remains were in my closet. They had been there since I had moved to the apartment. There was no reason for me to get them out because I wasn't going to do anything with them anytime soon, if ever, so I left them safely put away in there. Outside on my patio, there was a storage closet. If my mom's energy was angry and she was the cause of my sleepless nights and my mood swings, she was going outside to get out of my living space. I wasn't having it. I wasn't sure if any of this was even possible, if she could really do that or not, but the message was very loud and clear. It was mom. She was angry and she, it was directed at me. I was not okay with any of this. I don't know how to fight with an angry spirit or energy or what the hell ever this is, so I did the next best thing. I took the box she was in. I put it in a plastic bag to protect it. I took her outside and in the closet she went. I shut and locked the door, went back inside, sat down, took a deep breath, and just sat there for a minute. I still had Vanna on the phone. She was patiently waiting for me to settle down when she asked if I was okay and how did the energy in my apartment feel now. I sat there quietly with my eyes closed and let my mind clear for a few seconds to see how I felt now that mom was not in my living space anymore. I felt at peace and somewhat calm again. No more anger or rage, which was a win in my book. My heart rate had slowed back down to normal and I was breathing freely again. Me. That was the weirdest shit I have ever experienced while I was wide awake. Is that even possible? Did that really happen? Vanna. Well, evidently it is because it did. Why would she be angry at you? Why was so much anger and rage now? What do you think it could be about? Me. Honestly, I have no idea. But she can stay her ass out there in that damn closet until she gets a better attitude because she's not going to disturb my peace, man. I will take her ass to the nearest lake and dump her in it and not think twice about it. Vanna. No, you will not. You know you would be upset after you did that. You have worked so hard on healing and moving forward. She just, she just has you irritated right now. Wait until you calm down and then you will be able to think more rationally about it. Okay? Me. I know. It's just she always bullied us as kids. And now she's dead and she's still trying to push me around. Like seriously, Vanna, what the actual fuck is she doing? Like I'm not okay with this bullshit. Sorry, I'm just angry right now because I can't figure this out. Vanna, it's okay. Just get something to eat. If you have time to take a nap, do that. If you want to do an RTT session, either later today or tomorrow, we can do that and maybe we can figure it out then. Me. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for being so awesome as usual. We finished up with some small talk and got off the phone. I got something to eat and jumped on a class call. Those always made me feel better. Wasn't long after class, Teresa called me back. I filled her in on what happened and I didn't know why she was giving me problems right now. I was just working, getting ready for the trip to Norway. Me. Oh my God. I know what the problem is now. I had forgotten all about it. Teresa, what are you talking about? Forgot about what? What problem? Me. Remember when I went to Birmingham the night mom was dying and we took her off the life support the next morning? Teresa, yeah. What has that got to do with this? I'm lost, Chica. What's going on? Me. Don't you remember? We took mom off the life support and were basically waiting on her to pass away. I walked up, held her hand, and I whispered in her ear when I started traveling the world that I would scatter her ashes in the first place I traveled to. Girl, 
I'm going to Norway in less than six weeks. She is mad because I haven't said anything about taking her and setting her free. Teresa, oh snap, I forgot about that. Can you take her overseas to do that? How are you going to make that happen? Are you going to make it happen? It would definitely explain why she was pissed off at you. Me, I don't see why I couldn't. I will look up the rules about flying with her and see what I need to do. I will check both countries and see what needs to be done to see if it's even possible. I may have to do it on the low, but I'm pretty sure mom will be going with me on that leadership retreat. It's time to set her free. Set us all free. Teresa, you okay, chica? Me, yeah, I'm actually really okay. I have no idea how easy or difficult this is actually going to be, but I know when it's over, the whole family will be free. So, whatever's got to happen to make this a reality will happen. Teresa, I'm so proud of you right now. You never cease to amaze me. We got off the phone and a tear rolled down my cheek and whispered to the room, it's time to set you free, Mom. I love you. The day was finally here. I was packed up and ready to go. I had all of my ticket information ready, my ID, passport, and money. Most importantly, I had Mom packed away in a book bag to carry on the first leg of my flight. After that, she could be put in my check suitcase for the rest of the trip. Consciously, I was happy. I made the decision to do this. I also knew when that day actually came, it was going to be very emotional and I had no idea how hard it would be or if I would be able to go through with it for that matter. I pushed all of those thoughts and feelings to the back of my mind. I didn't want to think about it right then. I wanted to enjoy the journey and all of the experiences that came along with it. I didn't want to miss anything. I had no idea what this trip had in store for me or if I could ever go back. I wanted to be present in every moment from beginning to end. That was the only goal as I was waiting on Uber to show up to take me to the airport. I remember feeling my heart race and my stomach feeling a little off as I got into the Uber to head to the airport. Mom was finally going to be set free. I had reached out to all of my brothers to let them know my plans. My oldest brother, Billy, probably the most detached from mom, thought it was cool and told me to have fun. Scott, my middle brother, who had lived with mom and was really happy about the decision to do this. I was so proud of him. He had really worked hard on his recovery. He was finally drug-free, working full-time at a printing company, and was doing well. I know that made mom happy to see that he was going to make it after all. When I told him of my plans, he said, that would make mom really happy. She always talked about traveling someday, and she wanted to go somewhere that was cold because she hated being hot. Thank you for taking care of her like that, Tammy told him that I was happy to do it. Mom had lived in a box her whole life and it was time to be set free from her own self-imposed prism. I asked him if he wanted any of her ashes before I left. He declined and said set her free. Next I talked to Daniel, my baby brother who has been in prison since he was 18. He was surprisingly happy about the decision as well. He didn't get to say goodbye to mom like the rest of us did so I wasn't really expecting a happy response from him when I gave him the news. I'm really glad I was wrong. He also declined to keep any of mom's ashes. I got to the airport and was going through the security. I put the book bag on the conveyor belt with everything else. I felt my heart start racing. I knew they were going to pull it when, they, when it went through the x-ray machine and I was right. When I got all of my other belongings, I walked over to where the nice lady held my bag. She asked me what was in there as she was undoing the plastic bag and had, I had put the box in. I nonchalantly told her that it's my mom's ashes and I was taking her to Norway to finally set her free. The poor lady got visibly shaken by my statement. All the color drained out of her face as she took a swab to swipe the outside of the box to make sure there were no explosive materials on it. I then asked if she wanted me to open the box to show her the paperwork. You would have thought that a cat jumped out of nowhere because she was so frightened. She said, no, no ma'am. I just need to swab the outside of the box for explosive materials. I'm sorry for your loss. Have a safe trip. And she abruptly handed me my book bag with mom all tucked away safely inside. I still laugh even today about her reaction when I told her what was in the box. The rest of the trip was uneventful and I successfully met up with Vanna and Doug in Iceland and traveled with them for the rest of the trip. Iceland was absolutely beautiful. The Blue Lagoon is definitely a place that needs to be on everyone's bucket list. I want to go back to see more of the island and hopefully see the aurora lights. We left Iceland early the next morning and went to Oslo, Norway where we spent the night. We drove into Lewin, and I will tell you, it is one of the most beautiful places on earth. The countryside was breathtaking. The fjord was so beautiful and was this bluish green or maybe even a teal color all the way through, including the rapids. 
We saw so many waterfalls on the drive to and from the hotel. We were there during the beginning of Norway's fall season and I got to see dramatic color changes of the trees. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I took 1400 plus pictures on that trip. That was just on the camera and I didn't even include the ones I took with my phone. Snow-capped mountains at every turn cascaded down into the fjords. When the water was still, it looked as though you were looking into a mirror. You could see the reflection of the mountains, clouds and sky in the smooth as glass, pristine water. Their tap water was so clean, it tasted better than a bottle water we drink back home in the States. It was so awesome getting to put faces with the voices that I had been hearing and speaking with for the last six months of being a part of Best Life. It felt like I was a rock star. <laughs> Everyone was running up to me and so excited to meet me face to face. To be honest, I was really eating up all the attention. My silent thoughts were, in just a couple of days, I would be on top of the mountain, 3,500 feet in the air and saying goodbye to the woman that had given birth to me one last time. I wasn't sure if Leslie, who lived in Atlanta and had just lost her mom a few weeks prior to the leadership retreat, would join me for this event, but my hope was she would, and it would somehow give her some inner peace by sharing my moment with me. The food at the, hotel, at the hotel at Alexandra was amazing. All of the food on the buffet was so fresh. It had all kinds of fish, steak, cheese, vegetables, dessert, coffee, wine, etc. You name it and they had it. The conference was great. We all had a 10-minute TED, TED Talk style presentation that we were to give the first day of our event. I was the first one up, just like at my first public speaking event. We all got to speak on whatever topic we felt fit us best. I chose leadership since that's the reason that we were there. I knocked it out of the park again. It was obvious that I made an impact when the other people would reference something from my speech during theirs. Just more validation for me that I was on the right track. Public speaking was going to be a big part of my future. I didn't know how or when, I just knew it was happening. The rest of the event went off without a hitch and then Sunday arrived. It was time to say my final goodbye to my mom. It was time to set her free. Fly high and be free, mom. Early Sunday morning, I roll over and the clock staring back at me says 3.36 a.m. My eyes are wide open. I quietly get up to not disturb my roommate, Ali. I walk over to the window and look out toward the fjord. I'm staring mindlessly. My heart was pounding in my chest and I felt like I had a boulder sitting in the pit of my stomach. I heard no thoughts running through my head. It was complete silence in my mind, which if I'm completely honest, I was really happy about there were no thoughts or voices running out of control that early. I quietly go to the bathroom, shut the door before I turn on the light. There was no need to wake up Ali because I couldn't sleep. I got a drink of water and then a hot washcloth and put it on my face. I was just standing there looking at myself in the mirror. I have no idea how long I was standing there. I felt like I was numb. I shook it off and tiptoed back to bed, only to toss and turn for another three hours before I finally just got up. I got ready for breakfast. I looked at the book bag sitting by the window, took a deep breath and left the room. I went down to the buffet where our entire team met every morning before our events started for the day. It was going to be a tough day, so I just put on a smile and acted like everything was okay. I must have been a little quieter than my usual jovial self during the breakfast. Han came over and to sit beside me and ask if I slept well. He was one of the people who coached me during my life coaching certification class. Told him I had slept pretty good, but I had woke up earlier than I had intended and was still a little sleepy. That let me know that my mask was down. I got up to get another cup of coffee and put the smile back on my face. The thoughts started running through my head. I couldn't let them see the doubt pounding in my heart, the fear welling up in my throat, or the tears I fought back with every blink of my eyes. I started talking to myself. I am strong. I am powerful. I am beautiful. I can do this. Now is not the time to be acting like a weak-ass baby, Tammy. Suck it up. There was Wi-Fi at the hotel and I was chatting with Jason on Facebook. I knew he would help me stay grounded. He knew what was happening later that day and kept asking me if I was okay. I just said, I'll be fine, aren't I always? He replied, you better be. You would tell me if you weren't, right? I think he knew the answer to that question, but this was different. I had made him a promise a long time ago, after he found out about me almost taking the sleeping pills. If I ever felt trapped in the dark places again, I would call him right then. I was far removed from those days, and my healing was complete, as I believed it could be. The last piece was scattering Mom's ashes. Neither of us had an idea about how I was going to handle it emotionally. I think that's what bothered him the most. 
he had seen all of my positive changes and me being unsure of anything was not something he had seen from me in a very long time. We had our morning meeting and then when we broke, it was time to get ready for lunch on top of the mountain. I got up to the room before Lee and I pulled mom out of the book bag and sat sat her in my lap. I said a prayer as tears trickled down my cheeks. I freshened up, put mom back in the book bag, packed my camera and went down to meet everyone out front so we could walk over to the sky bucket. Xana found me as soon as we met out front. She saw the look on my face and she didn't say a word. She just hugged me. She whispered in my ear, I'm so proud of you and you were going to do just fine. That meant a lot to me. Not sure if she knows how much I loved her at that moment and even more today. We arrived at the restaurant and I found our table and it was right in front of the window. The view was breathtaking. As we were looking out the window right before lunch was served, three people walked in front of the building outside in squirrel suits and had GoPros strapped to their helmets. They were going to cliff dive right, right then and there. Oh my God. I got the Wi-Fi password and recorded it on Facebook Live. It was so freaking awesome to watch, especially since I had just experienced skydiving for the first time in July, and it had been one of the most exhilarating experiences I had ever had. My friends on Facebook were asking me when I was going to do it. I was really clear when I said, I'm not sure my balls are big enough to jump off a cliff like that willingly. <laughs> it sure was exciting to watch from that vantage point though. They just dove right off, went all the way down the cliff like an eagle soaring across the sky then pulled the chute and landed over in the fields at the bottom of the mountain. As we were eating lunch, it got harder and harder for me to breathe normally. Another Best Life member, Cynthia, was sitting beside me, and I think she must have seen the panic come across my face as she started asking me about my story. She told me about herself and let me know that everything was going to be okay. Scott, Jen's husband, came over when he saw I was crying. He sat beside me and reassured me that we were going, they all were going to be right there beside me, and it was going to be okay. Then he did some releases with me right there on the spot, and it really helped me start to breathe a little easier. Everyone finished eating and it was time to head out. I paid my tab, grabbed my book bag with mom in it, and I asked who all wanted to go with me. Everyone got up. They were all going with me. My heart was overflowing with love. More tears started flowing. As we walked up the trail, I began snapping pictures to keep my mind distracted. Breet, who lived right there in Lewin, already had a special place picked out for me and it was off the trail, which was one of the requirements to scatter ashes. We walked way down so there would be no chance of anyone walking on her ashes after we left. The view from there was breathtaking and overlooked the fjord with nothing but snow-capped mountains in every direction. Everyone walked out there with me. Cynthia videoed the event for me so I would have it as a keepsake and something to share with my brothers. I took a deep breath and turned to everyone and thanked them for coming to share this moment with me. My voice was cracking. The tears were flowing more freely now. There was no stopping them at this point. Then I walked down to the rocks where I was going to stand. I pulled mom out of the box. And before I set her free, I shared these words. It's time to set you free, Ma. God knows I love you so much. I made this promise to you four years ago. You've lived in a box your whole life, and it's time to set you free. I picked this perfect spot where you can be close to heaven and have this beautiful view for the rest of eternity. I love you. It had been a cloudy morning with the sun peeking out occasionally. As I spoke those words, the clouds started moving and opening up. I opened up the bag and turned toward the fjord, held the bottom corners, shook her up toward the sky. A big wind come from behind me and her ashes went up in the air and it swept her away as if it were perfectly orchestrated by God himself. The sun came out as she was carried away to her final resting place. I imagined that her spirit was finally carried off into the lights of heaven in that moment. I stood there, face in my hands, tears streaming uncontrollably down my cheeks. I turned and walked back up the hill where I was engulfed in one big group hug. All of us were in tears, but they were not tears of sadness. They were tears of freedom, tears of forgiveness, tears of pure love and peace. Rest in peace, Mom. Leslie was up there with us and she had recently lost her mom as well. I was so glad she decided to join us. 
She told me she wanted to be there as it was a way for her to say goodbye to her mom too. We formed a bond there in Norway and it will never be broken. There were several people who were there that had lost a parent or a loved one in recent years. It wasn't just me that was set free on that mountain that day. We all were. There was also a bond that was forged between us all as we stood on that mountainside that few will ever know or understand as I said goodbye to the woman who gave birth to me one last time. People who were complete strangers to me just six months ago, whom I had never met in person until just three days prior, are now forever engraved on my heart. Strangers to friends to family bonded forever. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to My Best Life Starts Now. I know that this particular podcast was a little bit longer than what I wanted, to, wanted it to be, but I really felt like it was important that you guys heard this whole entire chapter because it just brings a lot of things to, it brings a lot of things together and it's a, it's a very key step before getting toward my next step. And I, I just wanted you guys to hear that. I wanted you guys to hear the beautifulness of how I set my mom free and what it meant to everybody on that mountain, just not me, what it meant to my family. And, you know, you guys hear me now, like I am this loving, happy, full of life person. And this was a huge step to getting me to where I am now. It was very important to me that this chapter, just like it is, got put in the book. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, uh, like I said, I, I apologize for it being a little bit longer than usual. And I, like I said, this is the first time I've read my book <laughs> since it's been printed. So like when I go back through these things, you're getting my raw emotions, how it felt when I was going through that and how I feel about it now. I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow and I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye bye now.